0: We here in this time, this place. What are we made for? Our lives have purpose. God has a calling for each one of us. General, specific. In our families, our workplaces, our church, our city, our country, our world. You are called, you are called. Now maybe you hear those words today and they're foreign to you. I hope that today will bring understanding for you. Or maybe as you hear, you are called, it seems somewhat meaningless and insignificant. You've heard it so many times. To be called means there must be a caller. There's someone who wants to get your attention, someone who wants to communicate something to you. We get called all the time, robocalls, a political party that's trolling for you to vote. We get scam calls, Um, this is Revenue Canada. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's got that call saying that somehow I've committed a fraudulent act and I need to respond to this phone number. We get calls sometimes that are annoying and meaningless to us, but sometimes we're happy to hear our name called. Waiting in an appointment and it's late and finally your name is called and you're, you, you like that. That's good. Or you're at your favorite coffee shop and you're waiting with a whole bunch of people all socially distant, waiting for your drink to be called as they call your name. Mm, that's so good. The significance of a call is very dependent on who is calling and the purpose behind their call. God has called you. God is calling you. In scripture, calling is a purposeful, intentional act by God himself. The one who is infinitely greater than us is calling us into a relationship with him and then out of that, a life of purpose. This is a significant centerpiece of the Christian worldview. God is presented to us in scripture, not as a being who is disinterested in us, but one who pursues us, one who summons us. His wisdom is personified as a woman who is standing on the streets, calling out to anyone who will listen and respond to her. This is amazing picture of grace, that God who he is would call out to us, want us to hear him so that we can respond. If it's true, how tragic if we would ignore his calling, how tragic if we would live in a worldview that discounts that even exists, that is that we are here just by chance. And yet it's so hard to live consistent with that kind of worldview. We instinctively live for hope and meaning. So COVID-19 is seen as a great intruder, not a necessary process of progress where the fit survive and the weak are necessarily eliminated. We instinctively know that human life should be valued. So black lives matter, and we despise it when especially the vulnerable are taken advantage of. These are the whispers that you are called, that you are invited into a life of meaning and purpose by the one who summons you, God himself. Oz Guinness, in a great book called The Call, writes this. Calling is the truth that God calls us to Himself so decisively that everything we are, everything we do, and everything we have is invested with a special devotion, dynamism, and direction lived out as a response to His summons and service. And throughout Scripture we see how God comes, He reveals Himself to men and women, And then they are to respond to his call as he gives them a life of purpose. We see that in the life of Moses, who at an old age, so if you're, let's say, near 80, imagine yourself as Moses, as God appears to him and reveals himself to Moses in a burning bush that is not consumed and speaks out, Moses, I am who I am, the self-existent God, now revealing himself to Moses as he calls him to lead his people out of Egypt. At the opposite end of the age spectrum, there's Samuel, and we read in 1 Samuel, this young boy in the temple, and as he's sleeping, he hears his name called, Samuel, three times. It's Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And finally, the boy begins to learn through Eli, the, the high priest, that God is calling him. And he is called to be one who discerns the voice of God as a mouthpiece for God to speak to people who are seldom listening. Then I think of the woman Mary, a young woman, um, pure, steeped in the scriptures, called by God to a life of purpose as the mother of the holy child, Jesus. And then there's the Apostle Paul, a person who is persecuting the Christians on the road to Damascus to wreak havoc, knocked off his horse as Jesus reveals himself to him as the Lord Christ, calling this man into a life of servitude as a sent one to the non-Jewish world. And it is the Apostle Paul who so obviously clear on the fact that he has a specific calling that later will write to the churches. And his letter to the Ephesian church, he speaks about a broader, more general call as we read in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. In the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul has Um, told the Ephesians church who they are in God, who God is, what he's done for them. It's one of the most amazing glimpses into the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then in chapter four, he tells them he wants them to walk worthy of the calling. In other words, the word calling is so important, so loaded that it, it can stand as a word that represents all that we have in God completely, our salvation. And we are to walk worthy of that calling. Paul understood we have this broad, general call that's true of all of us as Christians, but there's also this specific call that he has had as an apostle and that we have as individuals. As Jesus said, every man, his work. And it's that call, general, that call, specific. As they work together, it answers that most important question. What am I here for? We need to understand how well they work together because see, for some of us, we're so focused on the the small detail of God's will or call for our lives that we miss the general and broad that Paul is talking about here that we so easily can walk into. And some of us are oblivious to the fact that God has a special call on your life. That if you pay attention to it, he wants to refine it and develop it so that you can come into that place of sweet spot where how you're wired and your passions and the history and the skill set that God has given to you meets with God's empowerment in a place where the world has need, that place of joy where you can say, oh, I was made for this. You were called, you have a calling, general, specific. Now I want to just give a six-point, six guide rails, if you will, of how we can walk well into that. And here's the first one. You are called to a person. The scripture gives us these broad sweeping statements that tell us this is true. Second Peter chapter three, it says the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. We read in John 3.16, the most famous verse, probably in Christianity, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, I know there'll be people who are watching and listening uh, to this church at home today who I perhaps have never met. And yet I can say with full confidence, I know, that God is calling you into his family, that you are invited to be into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. I know that God has purposed that. We know that Jesus came to earth not to condemn us. We stood condemned already. Jesus came to take that away. The purpose of Jesus going to the cross and and dying that most brutal death was so that we could be forgiven and that we could be reconciled to God so that from that point of reconciliation, we could eternally walk with God And He always called us to a relationship with him. If you're not in that place, you can say yes to God today and enter into that relationship. There's nothing you need to do. There's no work you have to accomplish to make that happen. You simply have to believe. And for every Christian, I think it's so easy for us to get focused primarily on what we do for God. But first and foremost, we are called to a person. This is the most important part of our call, that we are called to God. What Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, accomplished in his life is absolutely astonishing. When Christianity first began, people in the world primarily saw it as an offshoot of Judaism. But Paul, as an apostle to the Gentiles, by the time he's finished his life and his work, the world saw Christianity as largely a Gentile faith because of the work of this man. And yet Paul would not focus on the deeds and the works that he had done and what he accomplished. To him, the most important thing was this, as we read in Philippians chapter three. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. We see that Paul put the priority of who he was and what he was about on the relationship with God. That's so why he was a man of prayer. You read in his letters, they are saturated with prayers. Paul knew that his calling was important, that he had a specific calling, but the most important part of that was who he was called to. He was called to God. It was true of him. It is true of us too. Secondly, your specific call will be revealed and experienced within the boundaries of God's general call so we read already in ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 therefore a prisoner for the lord urge you i urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called now as paul continues to write in ephesians he goes on for the next three chapters basically to show christians how they can walk worthy and it's all about how they respond to who god is and what he's done for us there is a way to live we read for example in second timothy as paul writes to that leader God who saved us and called us to a holy calling. The NIV puts it, a holy life, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So right from the start, followers of Jesus Christ understood that though they were saved by grace, that it was all because of what Jesus had done for them, there was a right way to respond. And so they lived a certain way according to the teaching of Jesus and the scriptures that they had. And as a result of that, they were called people of the way. You see, there is so much for us in God's word here as to how we are to live, how to live out this broad and general calling which informs our specific calling, that many of our decisions from day to day are already clearly outlined for us. Recently, I made a purchase of a product and soon after I bought it, I realized, I don't know if the owners knew it, but it was flawed. And so there's a whole process in getting it fixed. They certainly didn't react as swiftly and as appropriately as I thought they should have. And, and in, that, in that exchange, there was a time when I could feel this frustration rising up in me and I wanted to get angry and, and lash out, but I knew I couldn't. And Why was that? Not because of what people might think of me. It was because I, I knew that in God's word, it just wouldn't be right. See, we're called to forgive as we have been forgiven. We're called to be gracious and kind to others, even when they're not gracious and kind to us. God's word clearly outlines for us in so many ways the decisions that we can make and how we can live our lives. We have a general calling We have a specific calling and our specific calling is so much going to be revealed and experienced as we live out in the bullseye of God's general and broad will and call for each and every one of us. This leads us to the next one. Number three, don't be anxious. God will reveal your calling. And so as we live our lives before God, wanting him to be priority one in our lives so that we have a life of prayer and we want to live in right response to him so we're living as the the people of the way, we can then, I believe, very freely begin to plan our life with open hands, dependently upon God, God, without any sort of anxiety. I think Proverbs really has helped us here. We read some of the verses in Proverbs chapter 16. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Verse 3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Again in 16 verse 9, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. In other words, I think we can plan, but we should plan knowing that God's going to be working in our plans. And this this just totally sets us free to go about planning, but then also paying attention, looking for the signs. Where is God involved and where is He at work so that we can make adjustments if need be to stay in alignment with Him? Because God's gonna give us clues. He's going to work through circumstances or He's gonna work through dreams or visions or the whisper of the Spirit or sometimes even the shout of the Spirit. But He will be involved. As you plan and you're committed to him, expect that God will be involved in your plans. We see this in a really cool story in Acts chapter 16. So Luke is recording how Paul and his team are on a missionary journey. And and Paul has this plan that they should go to Asia. And it says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So we're talking about the Apostle Paul here, a guy who no doubt lives in this close communion with God, but he had plans that the Holy Spirit had to actually change to correct. He wanted to go to Bithynia. He planned to go there, but it says the Holy Spirit intervened and corrected him. No, you're not going there. So although Paul even had this specific call, he knew he was called to the Gentiles. In this moment, in this time, God wanted his plans to be adjusted so that Paul would know he was called in this moment to the people, the Gentiles of Macedonia. As we walk worthy of God's calling, we can hold things openly. This is so freeing. We don't don't have to think that we have to hit this minute, detailed bullseye every time in order to be in the will of God and following out his call. No, to the best of our ability, as we keep God as priority number one, prayerfully and, and living out his word, God is gonna come and show us the way so that we can live the way he wants to And piece by piece, walk into that living, specific call that God has for us. Over time, God will reveal your specific call. And you will find that he will show you what to do over time as you need it en route. So I'm sure most of us here have seen The Amazing Race. Uh, In The Amazing Race, they get to a station, a point, and it's then that they're given more instructions as to what they are to do next. They're, they don't start the Amazing Race where the whole itinerary of the race is given to them so they know exactly where they're gonna be a day, a week, weeks ahead of time. No, it's not how it works in the Amazing Race. That's not how it works as we follow Jesus. God's gonna give us exactly what we need to know in the moment, and as we follow him, as we take the next step in obedience, at the right time, over time, God's gonna give us what we need to know for what is next. You don't have to be anxious. You can trust Him, God will reveal your specific call and show you what what you need to know as on a needed basis. This is so important because we need time. It's over time that we begin to know more and more about God's broader will, His general call for our life. It takes time to dive into the scriptures and understand it more fully. It takes time to, to know and discern the voice of the Spirit that, that comes with maturity and, and spending time with God and, and some you know, trial and error. It takes time for that to happen. And as we walk faithfully with God, so often what happens is we have a specific call, but then God enlarges that call because we've been faithful. And it takes time to, for God to do what he wants to do in our lives, whether it's character or skill set, in order to prepare us for that greater responsibility. You don't need to be anxious. Fourth, trust in God's timing and be prepared for delays and difficulty. It's not unusual for God to reveal to us earlier in life what his specific call is for our lives. A lot of you will know the story of Joseph and Joseph is given a dream that he's gonna be some kind of ruler. The dream is completely accurate, but if you know his story, you know what an endurance it was for him to get to that place where that dream came to fulfillment. And so it is, we think of Moses. Moses who uh, was rescued from genocide, miraculously transitioned from the oppressed uh, people of Israel to be placed into Pharaoh's court. But it would be a long time until Pharaoh uh, or, or Moses would be ready to lead God's people, 40 years in Pharaoh's court, and then 40 years in the desert, 80 years of age until Moses is ready for the ultimate specific call that God has on his life. God has a purpose in delay. If it seems like there's a delay in your life, don't discount the fact that God is at work around you and in you. So recently, my favorite hockey team was bounced from the NHL playoffs. And hey, if you're a Flames, Oilers, um, Leafs fan, at least the Canucks truly made it into the playoffs. But in the last three games of the last series that they were in, because of an injury, they had to use their backup goalie. Now you would think this would be the, uh, the death knell for the team, but it actually gave the Canucks an opportunity to win the series. You see the goalie, Thatcher Demko, played amazingly. Um, one of the most uh, magnificent uh, games of, of goaltending that has been seen in history. Um, He had a streak of 138 some minutes going without allowing a goal. There was a time when he had stopped 98 consecutive shots and many of them were like grade A scoring chances. I mean, how does this happen? He's he's the backup goalie and in this COVID-19 situation where they're all in a bubble, he's not like getting the opportunity to play. Well, a friend of mine explained to me that in that bubble, Thatcher had the opportunity to work with his goalie coach who with the Canucks is one of the best in the business. So every day he's working on his fitness, he's working on his skill, his angles, how he plays, how he stands, how he watches the puck, just in case the moment came when he'd be needed. And when it happened, he was completely ready. We never know why our lives may feel like they're in a delay. And for some of us in COVID-19, maybe that's exactly what you feel like, like your plans and all these things have been put on hold for a while. but. Don't think that God isn't at work. He has a purpose in exactly what's going on in your life. Don't waste God's delay. You can still press in to know God better. You can still act on the things that you know are absolutely true for you and God's general broad call. And then you'll know, you'll be ready when the time is right for what God has for you specifically. Number five, kill comparisons or comparisons will kill you. There's this uh, interesting story at the end of John's gospel where Peter is having a conversation with Jesus, but he sees another one of the disciples. We read in verse 20, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. In other words, Jesus is saying don't compare your call with someone else, focus on your call and what you are called to do in accountability with God. In the body of Christ, there's so much variety. There's so much beauty in that. Um, there's different races, nationalities. There's different giftings, different passions, different ways of expressing ourselves. Like it's absolutely beautiful when it functions as it should. When we, we take our variety and we use it to build one another up, to, to grow and develop in our relationship before God, to fulfill our calling before God. But it's caustic when this community becomes a community of comparison. It's just not wise to compare ourselves with one another. And so often this comparison takes place around the size of influence or platform. We're not all called to be a household name as a Christian leader. We're not all called to have a huge platform of influence where we have 100,000 subscribers to our YouTube channel. We're not all called to be this thriving, successful business person who can still raise an amazing family with three kids. We're not all called in the same way. We're all called to something different. And if we live in that life of comparison, we're gonna find ourselves in a place where you'll always be able to point out someone else who's better than you, faster than you, quicker than you, more beautiful than you, and you're gonna end up feeling down, you're gonna end up feeling discontented, maybe even feeling like a failure. We are all called, but all of our callings are not what people would see as spectacular callings. I so wanted to be that phenomenal Christian athlete who was true to his faith, but was so good in his sport. To be that NHL superstar that scored on all the Thatcher Demkos to win the NHL scoring race every year, that was not my calling. And whether my calling or your calling is out there in public and esteemed by many, or whether it's in obscurity and oblivion, it really doesn't matter. What matters is, what are we doing with our calling in relationship to the one who has called us? See, it's only God's opinion that matters. Point number six, define success by God's opinion. I was thinking of the story of Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah had this amazing revelation of God in Isaiah chapter six at the beginning. And then he hears this. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Like, yeah, he heard God calling, inviting him into a ministry. Don't we all want to go, Yes, Lord, I'm here. But listen to the calling that God gave Isaiah. Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and their blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Isaiah was called to preach the word and no one's going to listen, to act on behalf of God and to be completely rejected. By today's standards, he would be a complete failure. But see, we need to define our success, not by what others think, but by our faithfulness to God. You have a calling. God has called you. You have one life to live. You are not here by accident. You are not here by chance. You are here by the divine sovereignty of God who created you to exist at this time in history in this place on our world. And He has called you into a relationship with Him that is vibrant and alive, and then out of that relationship to live out a specific calling, one yes at a time. How will you answer? For some of you, you're watching today and you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. For you, the first yes simply needs to be, Jesus, I give you my life. I say yes to you as the Son of God and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. You can do that today. For some of you watching, perhaps, and maybe you don't even know why you watch today, but you know that you have been far away from God. You can't even hear God speak. You've been oblivious to his call because what we've talked about today, the general call of God, the specific call of God, it's not even been on your radar. Your life has been all about yourself. And for you today, the, the next yes for you is to simply come back, come back to God and make him the number one priority in your life, a relationship with him. For others, I know our lives are so varied. Your next yes Uh, I can only imagine and guess, but I do know this, God is faithful and by his Holy Spirit. He's probably already speaking to you. What is next for you? Is it in your waiting? Is it to take a, a step of courage? What is your next for you? Are you willing to say yes so that you can live out his specific and general call for your life? Join me in saying yes to God as I pray. Father God, I thank you that you have loved us so deeply that you sent your son Jesus so that we could be in relationship with you. I thank you, God, that you value each and every one of us, that we are uniquely made, we have a unique DNA, and that somehow, Lord, in your magnificence, You can care and love each one of us specifically. None of us, Lord, are absent from your thinking. You see each and every one of us. And today, Lord, I'm saying yes to you, and I'm asking for those who are saying yes to you, God, that you would then pour out of your spirit, Lord, what they need to know and what they need to do Would you empower them so that we can walk more closely in our relationship with you, And more faithfully fulfill that call, that specific call that you have on our lives. In the end, that we may bring pleasure to you and glorify your name. Amen.